0: Welcome to the Millionaire Maker Show, a podcast helping online coaches monetize their life's work and scale their businesses to create more time, more money, more freedom and more impact. Now with over 20 years of business building, coaching and consulting experience. Here's your host, author, speaker and creator of the Millionaire Maker Coaching Funnel, Lindsay Anderson.
1: Welcome to another episode of The Millionaire Maker Show, the podcast that helps you, online coaches, build, scale, and enjoy the benefits of your online coaching business. I'm your host, Lindsay Anderson, a dedicated business coach for high-ticket online coaches with 20 years of experience helping coaches just like you simply and easily build online coaching businesses that truly create an impact for both the people you are serving as well as your bank account. So first of all, this is episode five, and it's been a true pleasure hosting this podcast already. Now, I have been a host of a couple of podcasts in my 20-year career, as well as been on the other side of the mic interviewing on numerous podcasts. And really, I am so proud of this show because it is the culmination of my 20 years of experience. And my whole goal is to offer you the shortcuts, the way to actually build your online coaching business without quite so many tears. Take it from me somebody who has made all of the mistakes in their online coaching business, somebody who had to go the hard way and found The easiest way, the best way to simply sell transformational coaching. Now, today I'm very excited to introduce you to a guest of mine, John Loomer. Now, I ran into John Loomer 10 plus years ago when I first started getting into Facebook ads. Now I run the BAM agency, the number one agency that helps coaches scale their online coaching businesses through paid ads and helping them with done-for-you work to really scale what is already working for them. And I really have a lot of experience running ads. And John Loomer has made a really big impact for me over the last 10 years because this is where I really learned how to hone my Facebook ad skills. So it really is a true pleasure to interview John on the show today. And I think you're going to absolutely love this interview. Before I hop into that interview, I want to talk real briefly around this idea that when we run transformational coaching businesses, because we are selling ourselves and we're selling our value and our systems and it's all about how we truly feel about ourselves. that's how we show up in our coaching business. It was a really rude awakening for me because I had sold Facebook ads and digital marketing for millions of dollars over several years. And so when I stepped in to actually sell coaching and things did not go as well as they were going because I found that it's much easier to sell Facebook ads or a T-shirt or a website because they're actually buying a product and the product itself stands. So where the real challenge with selling transformational coaching comes is that you have to truly believe in yourself. You have to truly believe in your value in order to successfully sell coaching. So not only do you need good systems in your business and a plan to take you from point A to point B and create systems and and marketing and sales knowledge, but you also have to do some personal inner work. If you truly do not find value in yourself as a coach or in the systems and process that you have created to help people, it's very difficult to scale a coaching business. So my philosophies are we take it from both sides. We go with business, systems, sales, strategy, authentic marketing that will last the test of time, as well as understanding our value, showing up in our expertise, showing up in this way, because your transformational coaching business is a mirror of how you truly feel about yourself. So just like a mirror, you will not sit and wait for a mirror to smile back at you to where finally, oh, I have enough customers or People have finally paid me my value. So now I will smile, and my coaching business can be the amazing coaching business that I have envisioned. And I'm sitting around waiting for the outside to tell me that. You cannot shortcut this. Take my word for it. You, as a transformational coach, have to know this truly from the inside. And you smile first, you show up as that coach who has expertise. Who has value and walks around saying, Hey, if you knew what I knew about your problem, the problem you're having, you would run and not walk to my coaching practice. And when you know that inside, okay, you know that. And I'm not talking about self confidence here. I'm not talking about what you say to the external world. I'm talking about what you truly feel when it's just you and yourself alone. At night, how do you truly feel about the value you bring to your customers? And when that answer increases, and it is a scale, and it is something that you want to work on every single day, but as your value increases, as your expertise increases, as you get more clients and you understand the value you bring, you will find that the strategies that I share here on the Millionaire Maker Show will work that much better the better your self-value is. So I wanted to drop that in today to make sure that you're doing self-value work that as you look at your coaching business or you're having difficulties bringing people in or getting those enrollment calls, if you're having those problems, certainly you need systems in a process, but also you need to be looking and having some honest conversations with yourself and starting To believe in yourself and how you are showing up that you know you bring value and finding that and truly, truly knowing that. It is essential that you use both sides of these in order to truly scale a coaching business that can become your bank account. Before I hop into that interview, I have a couple of announcements. First of all, thank you so much to everyone who has left a review on the show. I truly appreciate your support. I appreciate all of the individuals that have taken the time to leave a review. And if you are listening to this and you find value here in what I am providing, and you are finding insights and you're finding these aha moments that you can literally go out and execute today to make more money and make more of an impact, I would really appreciate a review on the show. Let me read one review. Left by a client of mine named Alta Acosta, who is a coach for women going through menopause. She said, and this is, you know, between me and you, this is one of my very favorite titles. She says, and it's pretty simple Lindsay knows. And then she says, I'm so happy I've been listening and finally started working with Lindsay. She has saved me time and frustration with her knowledge and experience. She lays out what and how in a clear manner that has allowed me to do just what I need to do. I'm so excited to listen to her podcast to keep me in the growth mindset and focused within my business. So thanks Alta for leaving that review on the podcast. It's a true pleasure working with you and helping you and watching you make such an impact with these women that you help through such a phase of life that can be extremely difficult for a lot of women. And not only that, it's not talked about a lot. It's very taboo. So to have such a inspirational woman helping women through this problem, it's a true pleasure to help you. So please leave a podcast review if you are finding this podcast useful. The second thing I wanted to mention and get ready for it because on next week's episode, I'm going to be talking about one of my very true loves. Are you ready for it? That would be AI, specifically ChatGPT. Now, ChatGPT has revolutionized how we are creating content within my coaching business. I'm teaching people within my coaching programs how to utilize this very powerful piece of software that is really having a massive effect on the way that we do business, the way that we create content, the way we help customers. And it's extremely impactful. And straight up, it is not going anywhere and so you want to hop on this ai train trust me this ai chatbot is like the very best va copywriter idea generator that i have ever had and it's allowing what we already did so successfully here within lindsay anderson coaching it's allowing us to generate high quality leads from social media 10 times faster and that may sound like hyperbole, but it is not. When used right, you can utilize ChatGPT to really get to where you're going faster in your business. And that's why next week's episode is going to be a solo episode from yours truly, really talking about the power of AI. So here's the situation. For the listeners of the podcast, I want to make sure that you know about a very special masterclass That I am hosting. All you have to do is go to themillionairemakershow.com slash masterclass and you will see there the opportunity to sign up for this very powerful masterclass called How to Use AI to Fill Your Coaching Programs with High-Quality Leads from Social Media. You definitely want to make it to this masterclass. I will show you how to use this technology to really Upgrade your systems and what you are doing your coaching business to literally do it faster. You do not want to miss this masterclass. Again, head over to themillionairemakershow.com slash masterclass to get your ticket, and I will see you on that live webinar. So let's talk a little bit about today's episodes. Running Facebook ads for your coaching business is really such a great idea but only under certain circumstances. And honestly, the world of Facebook ads can be extremely risky. It can be really tricky and very complicated. And during this episode, not only do we talk about the state of Facebook ads and their move to meta and what's the best way to actually generate content and do we use ads? And John answers and gives us a lot of insight on these questions during our interview, but John also touches on the role of values in successful entrepreneurship and learning how to maintain a healthy work-life balance while pursuing your entrepreneurial dreams. It's a really amazing interview, and I think you're really going to enjoy it. So without further ado, welcome Mr. John Loomer. Let's bring him on, Mr. John Loomer. John, thank you so much for coming on the show.
0: Hey Lindsay, how you doing? Thanks so much for having me.
1: Yeah. So let's talk about this. Let's talk about you. I said you've been teaching me for ten years. Set the scene. What was John Loomer before he had an online business?
0: Oh boy. Uh, so I, I think in order to talk about Facebook, I need to talk about the NBA. So I worked for the National Basketball Association from the end of two thousand five to the middle of two thousand eight. And while I was there, I oh I we partnered with Facebook. This was 2007 when Facebook just rolled out to everyone beyond high school college. So this new cool platform. And for me as a user, I fell in love with the platform because we moved around a lot as a kid. So they're like, Back in 2007, I assumed there were friends I had 20, 30 years ago. I would never talk to again. And then to be able to be reconnected with them was amazing. Of course, I was using it also for per, for business reasons, because I was at Facebook at the NBA. So that was part of that backdrop. That whole job is a whole nother discussion, which was pretty amazing. But we left, I left that job after the 2008 season because we had moved our family to New Jersey to take that amazing job. Also had our oldest son was a cancer survivor. So lots going into this story and that decision, but also why we had to come back, like our family back in Colorado and whatnot. So move back, unfortunately get laid off twice in a two and a half year span. And at that point I knew I didn't want to look for another job or, right. Well, Let's back up a little bit. I was looking for another job because I didn't know how to start a business, but I was very spoiled about what kind of job I could be looking for because of what I had just done. And so I was looking for a job, but I didn't want to move. Uh, we weren't going to move again, and it had to be something to energize me. And that was pretty much impossible to find at that point. This is also economy; it was in a rough time, which is part of the reason why I got laid off. And so I just kept writing. I wrote, I started the website, launched it probably 11 days after I was laid off. I think it was. And I just started writing. And originally it was a lot of social media themed stuff, marketing stuff, because that's what I learned beginning of my time with the MBA. And just really trying to market myself looking for a job. One thing led to another. I started, found this niche in Facebook marketing and then Facebook advertising and then advanced Facebook advertising. It's getting lots of traffic, started to monetize it a little bit, just with the way you'd normally monetize traffic. And then I was like, wait, maybe I can launch a product. And that's really been since the end of 2012. It took me a, a year to come around to the fact that, you know what? I could actually launch a product. And it took, took me some time to realize that I could do it. And about 11, more than 11 years after the fact, I'm still going strong here, but Focus primarily on Facebook ads, education, so training and communities.
1: Thank you so much for sharing that. What an inspirational story. I have a question, which is, so would you, nowhere in there did I see in the entrepreneurial spirit was driving me. Like, <laughs> are you an accidental entrepreneur or oh, what's your entrepreneurial status here?
0: Very accidental. What's funny is I think this is also what was able to separate me as a brand when I got started. So I never have been, look, my first job out of, out of college was as a, a telemarketer, give you an idea. I was the worst telemarketer on the planet. It was, I was, it was like, you don't want what I want, what I'm selling you? Fine, talk to you later, no big deal. So I hate selling to people, very uncomfortable doing it. So it's just not a natural thing. So as a result, but I'm also forced down this path a little bit. I've got to market myself. But I'm also trying to separate myself from all the gurus and all the other nonsense out there by saying that's not, that's who I am definitely not. So in a way, I saw that, I think that was an advantage because you could stand out a little bit more by having a slightly, a softer message, I guess. That wasn't so hard. But I was never, I never bought into the hustle culture, for example, with entrepreneurship. Even when like, when my business really hit It wasn't, that wasn't time for me to say, okay, how do we scale, scale, make this bigger and bigger. My whole focus at the time was I had kids, boys who, when this started, were 10, 7, and 3 years old. And I wanted to build a business around assuring me, assuring that I could spend more time with them and watch them grow and participate in their lives and coach their baseball teams. So that was my focus over really anything else, creating a business that got to a level that allowed me the freedom and flexibility I needed.
1: Beautiful, beautiful. So I'm curious, I want to transition now to like, you mentioned this, you go, when my business really hit, you hit a place. What was that? Was that a situation or was that a feeling? What was that?
0: Man, I'd say, first of all, Making more than ever made working on a job was the first thing that made me realize this is really something. But just some of the things that I was seeing that just felt like a dream that could never happen, right? So I was driving traffic at more than 400,000, 500,000 page views a month. I was just a a big engaged email list. The first time I ever spoke at a conference and I'm just somebody who was terrified of public speaking and would never see myself doing that. And I probably dreaded every moment of that for months before I stood up there. But seeing standing room only and all these people and packed to listen to me say something about Facebook ads, was just, it was insane to me. And I just, whether, yes, there, there was the money, <laughs> there was also things I just never would have dreamed of at that point. In my life, especially a guy who just got laid off for the second time and was at a very low point before that.
1: Wow. So I want to tie this back to what you said about your true values for even becoming an accidental entrepreneur. And that was always family for you. It was never really about money or anything like that. So did you find the struggle between speaking at all those big states, did you struggle with the value of family there? Or did you always stay strong to that?
0: I stayed strong to it, honestly, to a fault, to a point, I don't to say to a fault, but as my kids got older, coaching their baseball teams became more and more intense and more of a time commitment, a commitment of energy. People, anyone who reached out to me to speak knew I was not traveling from pretty much most of the year, but through August for the most part. And I made one exception. I basically was doing one speaking gig a year and that was it. I was even, I stopped speaking on podcasts. I stopped doing lots of stuff just because it's like, I needed to, I want to be as focused as possible on my business, knowing the time that I needed. So eventually I realized these are things I needed too for my business. But at the same time, I don't regret it. St- I don't regret stopping doing those things, even if they long term may have hurt the growth of my business.
1: Would you have anything to share with people around having this strong family value and how important it is to have a clear reason on why you're doing the online business?
0: Yeah, everybody has their why, right? And so I can't say, I can't speak for everyone and say it can't just be money. Maybe for some people, that's all the motivation they need. But I think it's just really important to have that one thing that's driving you it's not that doesn't leave you feel empty at the end of it. Because ultimately, look, even with the money and being able to do things that we could never do before, that was great, but end of the day, that's not what made me feel fulfilled. So understand what it is that truly motivates you, what is most important. When life's over and you can't take anything with you. And for me, and also don't listen to the noise. Like there's a lot of pressure out there about what an entrepreneur is and the way they should behave and how they should get up at four or five in the morning and they should work late into the night and not take days off and not take, not, not take holidays and all that kind of stuff. Find what works for you ultimately is my advice.
1: Thank you for that. Everybody write that down, okay? Now, let's talk about business models. Now, you've been in the online marketing industry for a really long time. I'm sure you've had your, I've seen it. You have memberships and you have private coaching. There's a hundred ways to make money selling right. your expertise. Tell us, what's your, what's your favorite way? How do you have things set up right now? So
0: my first product was didn't scale whatsoever, right? So it was a Facebook page review was my probably back in 2012. So you paid, I don't remember how much it was. I would review your page, provide a two-page feedback form along with a video telling you the things that you could do to improve it. I only had so much time, to, so to be able to do a bunch of those would have been impossible. But that was the first my first effort. After that, I moved to training. And the training is obviously something that that can scale. So I create it one, one time. It doesn't matter whether it's five people or 500 people who buy it. Uh, it takes the same amount of, of my time. Now, the problem with training is that you get your sales when you promote it. And so if you stop promoting it, your sales are going to go down. And obviously just the way kind of people are, if you can't just promote it constantly, so either they're going to buy it or not at some point. Otherwise, you just become noise. So the problem I saw with courses was that I'd have these big peaks. So I got a launch, did really well, sold a whole bunch. Maybe you have this, okay, this is an early bird. Then you have this last minute. And okay, last chance to buy. You get all these kind of surges in purchases. And then the training happens. And then it drops. So what I learned at that point is like I needed something that was more dependable. And so I started a membership that was about nine years ago. So I actually have two levels of my power hitters club membership for community, for access to training, uh, for weekly webinars, all kinds of and more access to me. And uh, that is something that I've been able to hang my hat on for my business for the most part, because it's more predictable. And I had the one-on-ones mainly just because I don't take clients anymore. I haven't taken clients for probably. Oh man, eight, nine years for a lot of the same reasons I've explained. And also it was a conscious effort of, look, clients take a lot of my time and energy. Do I want to dedicate that time and energy to help one or 10 people or thousands of people? And I want to help more. It's obviously more scalable to go the membership route. So one-on-ones are that final way. Like someone just booked 45 minutes with me and there's no commitment. I'm not managing your ads. Just there's a sounding board to give you some advice.
1: Tell me if I got this right. So basically your business model right now is a membership with plenty of members that you've been building for the last nine years, dedicated and loyal members and one-on-one clients who may or may not come from there.
0: Correct. And so something I've like added is, if you're a member, you get a discount on the one-on-ones as well. I mean, I do occasional trainings three, usually about three or four times a year I'll do as well that members get access to, non members pay separately. But yes, now that my baseball coaching career ended this last summer, I have a lot more time in my hands. I think one of the things, I'll, I've already started with all the video I've been doing, I've been getting on podcasts, but I think in terms of the business model, I'll actually start getting out there to speak more, maybe do some group trainings um, and things like that too.
1: Makes sense. Do you still do big launches into your membership every year?
0: No, it's not one big launch for the membership. No. So, the way I've done it, and that's one of those things that could change because, yeah, there's not a buildup, right? For once you sign up for the membership, because you could sign up month to month, you could sign up annually, and you could sign up at any time, you can cancel at any time. I know that's not the model everybody uses. And, uh, but that's You're always something. Doing, that's about You're about paving you.
1: the way, doing it your <laughs> way, man. I yeah, love it. No.
0: But I'm also. I think what I've also realized over the last few years, and I touched on this a little bit, but I hit some highs my, and because of my commitment to all these other things personally, I stopped growing and to the point where my business started shrinking and, have, and went into a downturn. But I'm also realizing that I need to take a second look at what what are the things I've been doing for years that maybe I should change. So that said, everything's on the table doing all these videos, doing podcasts again, are part of that effort as well.
1: So when you said doing one of these things that I've been doing for years that needs to change, what was that?
0: Part of it was not playing the game, the algorithm game. So my skill has always been writing. And it's not just that. My website's been the foundation of my business. I've been able to naturally drive a ton of traffic. I've been really lucky. Google likes me, and they've been able to send me a lot of traffic organically without spending money on it. So I I write blog posts, and at its peak, I was getting more traffic I could ever like that ever need. And uh, in Facebook, I'd really never had any issues with organic reach and whatnot. But then the more the algorithm changed, favoring video and whatnot, I was like, ah, I keep doing what I do. I First of all, I don't want to record video. That was my whole thing. That is not something I'm really particularly comfortable with anyway. I'm just going to keep writing blog posts, sharing those links to to my followers. And that didn't work quite as well as we went. And uh, one of the interesting things, results of uh, this new video push that I've been on is kind of the light bulb that, yes, this is the right path. It's the number of people who have said, I uh, commenting on my videos, it's great seeing these videos from you. You helped me eight, 10 years ago. Haven't seen you in my newsfeed for years. And it's, so it's almost like a backhanded, it's really nice of you, but I haven't stopped doing stuff, but they haven't seen me, which kind of was unfortunate. But uh, so, so I know though, this is the right move now. It just took a lot of work. It was a little painful to shift. My mindset in terms of what I should be doing
1: Thank you for sharing that yeah I I saw your video the first video you did and you were out walking, and you're like, yeah, hmm. I'm gonna have to do some video. It was a great video
0: even then, I knew I had to start doing some video, but in terms of committing to short form, I had no idea what that looked like, and it it wasn't. Until I, cause I think with the, like the video you're talking about, it might've been June, July ish, but like October is when I was like, okay, I don't know what I'm doing and that's okay. I'm going to create some really bad videos and that's all right. It's going to be all part of the process. And I've got to understand it's not just TikTok cause I, I started up on TikTok, but I can carry this to Facebook reels, Instagram reels, YouTube shorts. Even podcasting, I've taken to my podcast too. And understanding that this is more of a commitment to a format than a platform. But I can't can't worry about, is this going to be good? That's pretty much what kept me from doing it for years. And uh, finally dedicating myself in October was a big shift for me.
1: What really stood out to me for what you said there was, I can't imagine what it would have been like because... You are a big deal, okay? You just talked about going on stages and like you're John Loomer, and then you're got to do the short form video. And your thought, I just want to point this out to everybody, was is this going to be good? But John was producing amazing content, and he still was like, is this going to be good? I
0: think that's part of the problem, right? For where I was, and that yeah, I'm setting a certain standard. I think yes, with, with what I've written, and to say, oh yeah, I'm just going to record a video. I don't really care if it's good or not. It's tough to say because, you know, I feel like I've got a certain standard that I have to meet. But at the same time, once I started creating those videos, there's no one who is like judging me and saying, John, this video sucks. What are you doing? It was all, first of all, on TikTok, I didn't really have a following yet. <laughs> like I'm starting everything from scratch. So those who are actually following me care. Like they're supportive. So that's all part of it too. It was like getting over that really... It's just all in your head. It's the silliness that prevents us from doing things that you're not good enough. when the reality is this, whether it's writing a blog post, launching your first product, creating your first video, you can't immediately create something great unless you have someone helping you who's done it a million times before and can be great. That's the, the only way. But for me, if I'm committing to it and saying, I'm going to do this by myself and I'm going to create this video, I just have to accept the fact that it's okay, that it's not going to be, if it's not great. And with each video, it's more about the process. It's about learning something every single time. Like this worked this time. It didn't work that time. I'm going to try something differently. It's also with my process too, because that was the most frustrating part. And I think. It probably is for a lot of people who get into, could be creating videos. It could be blogging, like the amount of time it takes when you don't really know what you're doing is really frustrating. So I even created a video early on and I don't know how long I could do this. Cause it was taking me two hours to record and edit videos that were a minute long. And is this even worth it? But that's just, a, that's just, you just have to push through that because it gets easier. Like I've, I now, and look, I'm only three months in, but I have a pro, and I created 70 videos in October, learned a whole lot from that. And I now have a process where I record, edit. It's under an hour to get a minute long. And like almost all my videos are like a minute long, almost exactly. I have to edit like crazy. And so it's a process that's doable now. So look, you know, eventually probably hire someone to do all that. But I think it's important for me personally. I like I want to know how to do it too. And so having that hands on early on is good for me.
1: Okay. Hey, I want everyone to hear John's takeaways because that's the entrepreneurial path. You're gonna have to learn new skills. You're gonna feel like a dumb starting it. It's gonna take forever. It's super important that you learn how to do this yourself, especially the content thing. You can't farm that out to some VA and have them show up like John. It's just not going to work. So you have to figure it out and then you can farm this stuff out later. But you have to do it yourself.
0: Yeah, it's such a balance to like I've never, during that time where I would say I may, may have made some mistakes where the business started to downturn, I did start leaning on people more to do content. So I'd have more people do guest, write, be guest writers. I'd have people who would do, teach their own trainings and things like that. That by itself, wasn't the mistake. It was, you have to fill on the other side if you're replacing something, right? So they are they're replacing effort. I was normally putting in and I'm the face of the brand too they are now doing the training. They're now writing the blog posts. What do I need to do? Like, I don't need to stay sharp anymore. Like, I don't need to do all this research and put together all this content. And that was my mistake. It wasn't so much the farming out. So it's just one of those things that we all have to think about if we're in the content game.
1: Yeah. Okay. So now I want to talk about Facebook ads, the status of Facebook ads these days. I'd like a statement on the Apple situation over there when they totally tanked everything in March of 2020. Can you tell us the status of Facebook ads, according to John Loomer? Well,
0: it's harder. So look, what happened in 2020, first of all, Facebook was caught flat-footed as well. That's one of the few times that Facebook hasn't been in control of what was happening. And they're reactionary because of something that Apple was doing. And the result of that was they weren't ready. And I think they were harmed pretty significantly because of the fact they weren't ready, which meant advertisers were harmed as well. But they also took away some features. I think they overreacted by taking away some features because of a loss in confidence of the data. So iOS, when Basically, the whole thing went down was people could opt out of tracking when they're on their phone. And if they did so, that restricted the amount of data that advertisers could get that would help with Facebook ads reporting, conversion reporting, also for targeting people on your website, optimization as well, so that the ads performed well. But honestly, the biggest thing that happened during that iOS, I contend, has nothing to do. With whether or not your users were on iOS devices, it's Facebook moved from a 28 day click attribution window to a seven day click. So it doesn't matter. They could all be on desktop. They could all be on Android. Does not matter. If they clicked your ad, converted in eight days or 28 days, whatever, you'll never know it within Ads Manager. And the result of that was not only did your results look bad, but Facebook's optimization suffered too. So, all these things combined to lead to some pretty bad results for advertisers for the next year and a half or so. Now, we're seeing some good signs right now. There are a couple of signs. First of all, they're bringing back some of the features that they got rid of, which to me is a, if it in a way could be weird timing or could show you what's coming next, right? They brought back. The ability to view 28 day click attribution. That's not default, but you can dig it, dig to find it. They brought back some other features related to attribution. And it's straight that these, again, there are three features that they got rid of as a result of iOS. So, it's, on one hand, why would you get, bring it back if you think we're heading into this era where it's going to get tougher and tougher to track? Because that's why they got rid of it in the first place, because of loss loss of confidence in the data. But they're bringing it back. So, my feeling is they must have enough confidence in that. Why else would they invest in the development of those features, the team that needs to maintain them and all those types of things, unless they see a future where that's possible again? And so, I think it seems to be that their machine learning, their modeling, conversion modeling, all that stuff combined is getting better. And hopefully, that means, regardless of what happens with, whether it's iOS or other device privacy laws and browser settings, we're, all, we're heading in this direction where all that stuff is getting more and more restrictive. It appears Facebook thinks there's still a bright future for attribution and reporting, so we'll see. But but that's one thing. The other thing that's a kind of a good sign for advertisers, not necessarily great for Facebook, is that we just went through a period that costs tend to be really high. So Cyber Monday, Black Friday, all the holidays building up to that. Oftentimes the CPM cost, basically the cost to reach people would double, even triple to reach people. That did not happen this year. I think what we're seeing is because there are fewer advertisers, there are more who are concerned about the results that they were getting, spending less. The result of that is it's cheaper to reach people than it used to be, and that creates an opportunity for those who have stuck around.
1: Are you planning on sticking with Facebook?
0: Yes. Look, the thing is, whether it's Facebook or anywhere else, we're all, they're all dealing with some of the same problems. The issue for Facebook that's unfortunate is, man, five, six, seven, eight years ago, it was... Almost miraculous, like the results you could get for Facebook ads. And before everybody was getting into it, now that there are more advertisers, now that the platform's not growing anymore, so the user base isn't growing anymore. Cause that's the thing, you, you got a r- user base that's constantly growing at the rate it was. It could maintain having more advertisers get in there because there's constantly more inventory because there's more users to show ads to. But now that's flattened out as well. And so that's impacting results. But anyway, to to answer your question, these are the same issues we see everywhere. Advertising is not easy anywhere. It's just that Facebook has gone from being insanely good results to you got to work your butt off to get those results now.
1: Can you, coming from a paid advertising guy like yourself and you also going into like content marketing to expand your reach, how do we find a balance of those?
0: I feel like, look, um, whether it's blogging or video or ads, it all has its own individual uh, purpose, right? So this is something that even for video, I've had to learn because I'm such a numbers guy that it's important. I've always wanted to be able to track, okay, this blog post led to this number of conversions and sales. Even though that's not the original goal of that blog post, right? So you can do all that with content that's on your website. The problem with video is you kind of lose all that once you're keeping them on the platform. So I think the main thing to remember with whatever content you're creating is depending on the businesses is more and more important for some types of businesses than others, but video, whatever content you create, making an emotional connection with your audience making sure you're top of mind because they may not need whatever it is you offer right now, but when they do need it, they'll be thinking of you. And that's ultimately the purpose of whatever content you create. And honestly, why I always, if it's not video, was always creating content because that free side, if you keep everything behind a paywall, no one really sees what you can do no one really knows what value you can provide other than you promising them that you can. So I think that's the important side of content is building that expertise and making that emotional connection.
1: You have anything to say about people's number one issue, which is if I give away all my stuff for free, why would anybody pay me? Can you make a statement on that?
0: Not everyone's, like a lot of people will never pay. but. Those people who viewed and consumed and used your free content and who were never going to pay anyway, can be your greatest advocate. And they could share your content with somebody who will pay. But I want to say this, not only does it prove that you provide value and that you know what you're talking about. So this is especially for people in that info business, but whether it's the remarketing side of it. You're making that connection with people where they're thinking of you. But if you create a ton of content and someone's, like, oh man, I really need help with this side, with the, the Facebook ads. Where do you start? If you are to come to my site, where do you start? i it's almost like an overwhelming of information because you put it all out there. So part of your job as a course creator or whatever it be is like, oh, now it's organized our thoughts in a way to to help you the most, or it's with the community or it's the one-on-one. It's like that content proved that I know what I'm talking about. You now want to book that one-on-one session. Would you book a one-on-one session with me if i had never put out that free content? And I just told you book one, book a session with me. I know what I'm talking about. Probably not. And you probably never would have stumbled, stumbled on myself in the first place without the free content.
1: And people, yeah, people legitimately pay you for this. Tell me, spoon feed this to me, how I'm supposed to know and execute this.
0: In terms of creating the content? Just like,
1: we, yeah, some random re- 10 reels in out of order, like they'll pay you to be All like, right. no, oh, this yeah. is the order to do stuff in.
0: Exactly. Yeah. that That's the whole point of a training. And look, I even run into that, stumble on that sometimes myself. I'm always creating content. So I'm going to put together this training, and it's really gonna re- refer to a lot of stuff I've already talked about separately, but in so many different places. Like, I can't assume that any one person has read every one of my blog posts, has watched all my videos, has listened to all my podcasts. Cause that's basically what a training does is, okay, let's consolidate everything I've been saying into these kind of simpler steps like, that anybody can follow. But yeah, we gotta get away from that whole concern about free stuff because, especially these days, if you're not front and center and connecting with people and becoming top of mind, they're not going to buy your stuff.
1: Period. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing. Okay, John, before I let you go, is so you could just let people know what those next steps are to come into John's world. Go ahead. Well, it's all yours.
0: These days, everybody's everywhere, but you can find me everywhere. But johnlimmer.com is the central hub. But otherwise, hey, I'm on TikTok now, at John Loomer, Instagram, at John Loomer, YouTube, at John Loomer, at the podcast with John Loomer, and, of course, Facebook, John Loomer Digital there.
1: John, thank you so much for being a guest on the show. I sure appreciate you.
0: Uh, Thanks so much. Appreciate you, Lindsay.
1: So there you have it. What an incredibly insightful conversation that was with John Loomer. From his beginnings in the NBA to his expertise in Facebook ads, to his expertise in Facebook ads and advanced advertising, John's story truly offers valuable insights for anyone looking to scale their business. So, a good takeaway from that is really remembering to identify your why and striking the right work life balance are critical factors in your journey. You did not build this coaching business to work so much and to have it really consume your life. It's really important that you enjoy what you're doing and understand that your best coaching and your best way to build this business is really achieving that work-life balance. So as John Wisely said in that interview, find what works for you. This episode truly underlines why The Millionaire Maker Show is the go-to podcast for high-ticket online coaches. We're here to guide you through the ins and outs of online business and really lead you to success. So before I let you go, don't forget about my upcoming AI Masterclass. This thing is on fire. You really want to come. I will show you exactly what we're doing here in Lindsey Anderson Coaching. To amplify the strategies that were already working, but now we actually have an AI bot to help us out even more. You do not want to miss that masterclass. You can catch that masterclass and you can get all of the details and reserve your seat for that masterclass by heading over to the millionaire slash masterclass. By heading over to the millionaire themillionairemakershow.com slash masterclass. If you enjoy this podcast and you want to keep hearing all of this, all of the strategies and the straight to the point information that I will be giving you on how to grow your coaching business, make sure that you subscribe. And I will see you next week on a very amazing episode around AI. You don't want to miss that. So make sure you subscribe to this podcast. And until next time, I'm Lindsay Anderson, your business coach for online coaches signing off. Remember, my friends, embrace your unique journey, identify your why, have a plan and a strategy that actually works. And until the next episode, cheers to you and your success.
0: Thank you for listening to the Millionaire Maker Show with master business coach and creator of the Millionaire Maker Coaching Funnel, Lindsay Anderson. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Until next time.